0: What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I am Tony Mango, and with me is Robert DeFelice. Felice. How are we doing tonight, Tony? We are doing doing better than Black Widow is at this current part of the timeline, at the very least. How are we doing on your end?
1: I I would agree with that statement, but we know it all works out for the best.
0: Well, we don't know for sure. We don't know how this next phase is going to go. When up being like, wow, what a waste.
1: <laughs> I'm an optimist, Tony. What can I say?
0: There's uh there's gonna be some future edition where uh, old Cap is gonna go, Man, those fucking whales, they disappeared. <laughs> well, that's just real life. <laughs> that's true. So what we're talking about here is the finally latest edition in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, after like a full year and a half when this was supposed to have come out we finally got to see black widow and this movie is what the 24th film in the series or something like that. So you know what you're getting into when he comes into these movies, I highly doubt that you're like, Hey, what's that uh, black widow thing about Is it a superhero or something? Yeah. You know, it's the MCU. So most likely you're checking this out because you've probably already seen the movie and you just want to hear some other people's opinions about it. Just in case you haven't seen the movie though, Wanna remind everybody that there will be spoilers here. And we are not gonna treat it as if you haven't seen the movie or something like that. We're just gonna talk about it from top to bottom, the interesting things we liked, what we didn't like, the hits and the misses. That's kind of the whole point of the review point idea. So if you don't want to be spoiled, that's your last warning. Cause at this point going forward, it turns out that Taskmaster is <laughs> just like, Yeah, you know, give me an extra couple seconds, at the very least. So we will run that down. We're not going to go as in depth as we do when it comes to like a review to a kill or James Bond breakdown, where we actually go through like each and every scene of the movie and everything, but we're going to give it a, as comprehensive of a rundown as we can. And we want to know what you have to say about the movie as well. So drop your comments below. Tell us what you think about it. What did you like? What did you not like? How's this rank in the MCU? As far as you're concerned, anything else that you're kind of interested in talking about, just uh, you know, chit chat, help on over there to the comment section on YouTube While you're over there, hit the uh, subscribe button if you haven't done that already and ring that little notification bell. Hit the like button because that'll help us out quite a bit. Share this if you want to pass us along. Hit the applause button if you want to give us a little tip. Join the members only side of the YouTube platform or head up to Patreon, patreon.com slash fanboysynonymous. Help us grow. Help us do some more stuff. Make sure that you take advantage of the bonus features to listen to some extra content. Get the uh, pick your poison tier. To make sure you request something if you want us to do something, pick up some merch T Public and Redbubble Bubble. That's enough plugs to get out of the way. I'm not gonna run this whole thing that like down. Uh, so, generally speaking, how are you feeling about Black Widow?
1: I love that we're in an era of. I didn't have to go to the movies for this because it's one of the. It's not a bad film. No Marvel movie is bad. But it's it's a middle of the road. It's a C tier,
0: right? I don't have it even at C tier, actually. So if you go to fanboysanonymous.com, you'll see under the tier list. I don't have a whole lot of tier list content up there, but I do have a couple little things. But one of them is this thing that I've been tracking for a while now. I forget exactly when I started to do this, but I started ranking the movies however many years ago. And I've got every movie and every season of the Disney Plus shows ranked right now. There's an S tier, A, B, C, D, and eventually an F tier. And Black Widow is the third from the bottom of D tier for me. Um, Again, like what Rob just said, it's not a bad movie. It's just... I mean, you compare it to some juggernauts in this series, and it's nowhere near as good. Like, S-tier for me, I've got Iron Man, Winter Soldier, Infinity War, Endgame, and Guardians of the Galaxy. They blow this movie out of the water, and it's no comparison. And I've even seen some people saying that this is what you would do if you took uh, Captain America and the uh, Winter Soldier and just didn't make it with as much care. Cause there's a lot of parallels between it and I can see you think that. that they're getting lazier now. I don't know if they're getting lazier or if they think that maybe there's sort of like, uh, well, I guess this is kind of a variation of lazy, but like we've got the hook and that's all we need kind of thing. Like the gimmick for this one is that, and that's all we need. Like WandaVision Monday. Not fun uh, of the fun of the whole movie uh, series in the grand scheme of things. I was waiting, waiting for it to get better, and it didn't. And I feel like that was kind of like, wouldn't it be kind of fun if we did this? And people will watch it at the MCU whether or not it would like they really took the time and care and effort the way that like the Russo brothers or James Gunn or some other people do. Although to be fair, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, not high up on my list either. That's a that's in the D tier as well. I've actually got Black Widow one spot under Iron Man 3, which like most of the movies, even the bad ones are still worth checking out. They're still fun. They're still Good, it's just the difference of good changes in comparison to great. Suddenly good doesn't sound as good anymore. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I always feel like that's a good problem to have. Right. You know, when you're held to such a standard that even a good to great movie feels middle of the road, that's
0: a great standard. Like, there's problems with Iron Man 3 that really... Didn't sit well with me, and they've changed some of those, of course, over time. But I remember walking out of the movie and reviewing it and being like, ah, oh, man, this is just not as good as it could have been because Iron Man 1 is so good. And then over the years, I'm like, you know what? There's like some pretty decent stuff in Iron Man 3. It's again, not perfect, it's got its flaws, it's still going to be lower on my list. And I don't know if that's going to apply and I'm going to like Black Widow more over time, but my overall impression walking out of this movie was that felt so generic. It was very paint by numbers. It was like the first movie that really felt to me like a spinoff.
2: Yeah. I kind of feel like with this film,
1: as I said, because I watched it on the, uh, the premiere access, It was one of those, like, hey, I'm glad this exists because this doesn't feel like an Infinity War. This doesn't even feel like
2: a Captain Marvel, you know? This just sort of felt like this would have been WandaVision or Loki if they just merged all
1: the episodes and made a movie Instead of doing it in a weekly series.
0: Yeah, kind of. That same sort of quality. I have it like above some of those other shows and everything. But it it does kind of feel like it's not necessary in a lot of ways. And they introduce some elements that I'm hoping, of course, they play into later on. And we know for a fact that some of them are going to come back a little bit later on. But, like, it's such a big difference between... Even something like Doctor Strange, which I have lower than Black Widow, Doctor Strange is much more important than what Black Widow has been. And I think a good reason behind that is they never should have released this after Endgame.
2: It seems
1: weird to me that they're like, and let's take you back five years.
0: Yeah, let's go. Because they obviously, again, spoilers. They can't do anything with the character beyond Endgame because she dies in Endgame. So they need to go back and do a prequel. And the most interesting time frame to do a prequel, other than if they would have done it in between Infinity War and Endgame, which not as much is necessarily going on, because it's five years worth of just kind of, I don't know, checking into some stuff and her running S.H.I.E.L.D. from or Avengers, from the Avengers base and everything. But... Hey, let's do it like after a civil war and we'll do some kind of setup stuff. And they do set some stuff up, but they also kind of just do the most basic plot that they could. Like you've seen this movie before. If you haven't seen this movie, because it's every trope you can imagine and they don't do anything in the movie. Great. It's just that all of it's fine. It's a fine movie. There's good actors in this. There's great actors in it, actually, I should say. But they're just good. The action, it's good. It's fine. But I can't tell you anything that really happened specifically that took my breath away.
1: I hey, think you're that, taking all my talking points. If you're just going to say it's good the whole time,
0: <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Like... We'll go character by character, but like... uh even something like, for instance, the music or the cinematography or anything really, none of it stands out to me.
1: i I'd not to keep harping on this point, because I realize I've said it a few times now, but there is a reason they chose to release this
2: on Premiere Access. And they didn't say, nope, your ass has got to go to the theater.
0: Now, I did see it in theaters.
1: You did, but you didn't ha- you had the option not to.
0: Yeah, and one of the main reasons I saw it in the theater was I wanted popcorn. <laughs> yeah. So, it was... I mean, I wanted to see this in theaters anyway, just because it's, like, you know, on the big screen, it works out better that way. But it was kind of a little bit along the lines of, like, man, I really just want some popcorn more than anything. So, the... uh the benefit of seeing it in theaters compared to not wasting that money. I don't think you need to see it in theaters. It's not so grandiose that it's like, ah, you're going to lose so much of this kind of feel to it. Nah, it was just the same. I watched a couple scenes. I haven't seen it a second time, but I've watched a couple scenes at home and it's the same feel. You're not missing anything. I didn't right, see it let's... in like IMAX, I didn't see it in like any kind of, you know, the super-duper laser, FD, fuck you, whatever kind of screens that they have now. I don't know what they would call them, but uh, it was just as if you just had a projector. you just supposed to put it up. So let's talk about this,
2: because I had mentioned this to you all off-air. But recently,
1: it was stated that they are no longer interested in long-term contracts For actors when it comes to movies. Now I don't. Know why that is. But. They said something to the effect of. "Oh, We want people who are. Excited about the projects. Like I'll just read this verbatim. From Screen Rant. Great website. Marvel Studios no longer having MCU actors. Sign nine movie deals. Kevin Feige says. MCU 90 contracts are done and they want to maintain actors with their excitement for the opportunity rather than locked in deals. seems like so, somebody probably
0: had an issue.
1: <laughs> so the only thing that I know of that's kind of remotely close to this is people were going nuts the other day because uh, Robert Downey Jr. unfollowed
2: everybody from the MCU. Oh, he did? Yeah. Huh. So, maybe, maybe there's something to that. And, like, look, not to always beat this drum, but Tony Maguire was like,
1: really? Spider Man 4? I mean, these actors do get burnt out. Right. And in the case of uh, RDJ, like, most people are probably going to look at him and go, Tony Stark! And maybe he's tired of that, and I get it. And let's be real, nine movie contracts. Are a lot.
0: Yeah. You know? But also the nine movie contracts are not nine full movies either. Like Sam Jackson had a nine or so movie contract and some of those movies he's in one scene, you know? Right. And that's not too difficult. I think that maybe the person who had the longest contract was Sebastian Stan. And I don't know how that works with like the Disney Plus show, but like I don't know. There's gotta be a reason for it. Let me see. interesting to see how that plays out. Because especially at this point, they know that there's such a benefit to bringing people back and doing everything. And you get a guy like a Benedict Cumberbatch, you want to lock that guy in because he's going to be Doctor Strange for at least like five movies or so. Not necessarily five Doctor Strange movies, but you get Doctor Strange, you get Infinity War, you get Endgame, you get uh, Thor Ragnarok. Doctor Strange 2, seemingly Spider-Man. That's six right there, you know? Yeah. Those nine movies add up pretty fast. And,
2: like, let's be real, it's been a great experience
1: for all, I'm sure. You know, like, you are a part of this growing franchise that has made superheroes a household thing
0: superheroes that are very very low on the spectrum before i like, i remember when the mcu started and people were like iron man thor i'm not seeing that movie and now people are like guardians of
1: the f- yeah. guardians for me was the moment where it was just like okay everything's on the table now
0: I thought that they couldn't do an Iron Man movie without having it be just a Shield movie co-starring Iron Man. I thought that Guardians, of course, was just going to be like, okay, you you got the one with the talking tree, like, and the raccoon. This this is you're going far overboard here. You're jumping the shark.
1: And then we're like, oh man, fucking Vision,
0: you know, like what? Yeah, and like now there was something I forget what I was watching recently, but somebody was like, it might have been on uh, New Rockstars, where somebody had said like so what? who's your favorite character in the MCU? And they both were like, oh, it's Vision. And I'm like, that's so
2: cool that so and weird, weird.
0: <laughs> that it's like, oh yeah, my favorite MCU character is Vision. And I'm like, man, I remember when I was a kid and Vision was just this, he was the white Vision at the time. And it was just like this android that I didn't know a goddamn thing about from the Captain America video game. The one that's, the Avengers. Oh, that's Wait,
1: that's Vision? That's, that like...
0: <laughs> the white... Uh, with the coat, uh, the coat, the cloak, and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's Vision.
1: Dude, I had that game on the Sega Genesis, and yeah, I had no fucking clue until right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: Vision. you can you can play as Iron Man, Hawkeye, Vision, or Captain America, and oh, game. The, you
1: redo that game now, and it's like, oh my god, play as Iron Man and Captain America, and
0: Vision. Well, you redo that game now, and people go, well, I can't, why can't I play as uh, Gamora? And you're like, nobody knew Gamora. (laughs) People didn't know Hawkeye then, you know, (laughs) like it's just so weird. So like Black Widow is a character that I knew, but I didn't know super duper well. And then over the course of the MCU, I've grown to like Black Widow a whole lot more. So I kept thinking to myself after the first Avengers movie, I'm like, okay, well, we got Iron Man. We got Iron Man 2. We got Cap. We got Thor. We got Hulk. We got Avengers. So, we're probably going to get like a S.H.I.E.L.D. movie. And it would be like co starring Hawkeye and Black Widow and Nick Fury as the three main leads and Maria Hill. And since they killed off Colson at that point, it was like, oh, well, then there goes Colson. He's probably not going to be that. And then they'll do like a S.H.I.E.L.D. movie. And then that'll be kind of like the you get your Hawkeye movie, you get your Black Widow movie in one kind of a deal. And eventually it was like, no, we're not going to do them. I'm like, well, what the hell? They're big characters. They're, you know, they're major founding members of the Avengers. And I've wanted them to do a Black Widow movie for all these years. And they finally do it. And it's too little, too late in a way. Like it could have been better and it could have been, received better I think as well it's been received well it's not like this is getting bad reviews or something if anything people probably say that we're being too harsh on it but it's just too you have to go back a bunch of years to tell a story that we know how it's going to end and I don't think that there needed to be that story in there because since the time from Infinity War onward we've gotten no references to any of these things
1: I will go, how long, because this movie was supposed to come out February, right? Yeah, I forget the original release date.
2: I think, had you pushed it back a little bit, this does become a Disney Plus series.
0: Like, uh, the actual production of it? Yeah. It could have been, yeah. Maybe when they started this, they weren't really fully thinking about the Disney Plus option. Because I can could look have at potentially this
2: done and that. say Loki could have been this,
1: uh, WandaVision yeah. definitely could have been this.
0: WandaVision would have been better as a movie. I definitely think so. You cut down some of those hours. Yeah, that would have been better. And we're th- like, they're talking about Falcon having a Captain America four movie that would spin off of the season of the Disney Plus thing, which is just bouncing around a whole lot here. And How, Like, let's think about that. Like Agents of Shield. Granted, this is
1: before Disney Plus and stuff. A show on ABC. Then you've got all these uh, MCU movies. Then you got the Netflix ones. Then you've got uh, Runaways and uh, Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger, yep. And now you got like low key black. This is a really wide spanning franchise now. It might even be getting a little too out of control, but I don't think anybody's gonna complain because it's all good.
0: Well it did, <laughs> but then it got to the point too where they were just like, okay, let's acknowledge that none of the TV stuff is actually true. <laughs> like they just washed their hands of it. They're like, nope, not in the MCU. Colson's been dead. We have no idea what you're talking about. So they confirmed that basically with the Dark Hold in WandaVision, because Dark Hold had been a part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So they're like, no, this is the Darkhold. That's some other fucking reality or whatever. So now I don't feel bad that I didn't watch Runaways.
1: (laughs) Well, there you go. But then I feel bad for the people who star in those things. Because it's like, ah, yeah, fuck you. You don't don't count.
0: At the very least, it seems like some of the people from the Netflix shows are going to be able to come back over. At least according to some of the spoilers. Because it's like, rumor has it, Charlie Cox is gonna be Daredevil in the MCU, so they're gonna keep the actor but not keep the continuity kind of thing. And um oh god, what's her name? Uh the one who was Jessica Jones. Uh Kristen wow. Ritter. Um, uh, that she is gonna be in She Hulk, supposedly. So not quite hearing the same thing when it um, Iron Fist.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about the punisher?
0: They should just bring him back in because he was good. He was real good.
2: All of that was so good. And same thing with the guy with Luke Cage. He was good Luke Cage. I like Luke Cage.
0: But Black Widow going around here, kind of merging, I guess, a little bit of review point and making the grade. Let's talk about the story. The story for this was she's on the run from the Civil War disputes. She did not sign the Sokovia Accords, so she is technically a fugitive, and Thunderbolt Ross is looking for her for two scenes of the movie because that's just there and we just ignore it and we kind of go through other things. But it's essentially, how do we wrap up the Black Widow character in the only way that we didn't wrap her up already? Because in Endgame, she does the whole like, well, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for Clint's family. And I'm doing this to save the world. And I'm officially, as if you had any doubts about it, I am officially a hero. I'm sacrificing my life, that kind of thing. But the Red Room was really the one strand that hadn't been pulled yet. So she had mentioned in Avengers, and I'll give them credit to this. Like, I mean, the MCU is absolutely fantastic. And when they whiff something, it's extremely rare for them to do something bad. They've only had a few. Bad things in the MCU And that's like The Mandarin in Iron Man 3 Or Say like uh, You know it's not even really all that much more than that That's kind of one of the only options that I can think of Now I'm thinking about it Very few things are bad There's some that it's like You know eh, You got on base but you maybe got hit with the ball For baseball metaphors You know what I mean but it's mostly great. And one of the things that they have been fantastic about is referencing things from previous movies. So in the Avengers, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, when she's inter- uh, interrogating Loki and she's trying to figure out like what his plan is, she tells him, I've got a lot of red in my ledger and I'm just trying to like wipe it out. And he says, can you wipe out all that red? Dreykov's daughter. Right. So it's like, oh shit, we're talking about Dreykov's daughter here. She's the main driving force of part of the film because she, spoiler alert again, just to remind everybody, in this movie, she's Taskmaster. And it's like, okay, shit, we wrapped up that plot thread of Dreykov's daughter. We talk about Dreykov. He's the main villain of this whole thing. Neat. Unfortunately, we get into the characters and stuff the drakov story is not really all that great (laughs) yeah
1: but again i i feel like because they're just doing a kind of weak i don't say weak weak sounds mean a lesser backstory i think they felt like they could sleep on certain elements
0: and it's not like the people that have been involved are they've written a hundred different movies, they've directed a bunch of projects, that kind of thing. They they weren't really super duper well um, set up ahead of time for this. Then again, you can come into your first movie and knock it out of the park. It's not like that's a, a prerequisite anyway, but still, uh, I do kind of get the feeling that it, this was, this could have been a much better story with a couple tweaks and it could have been In somebody else's hands, it would have been a much better movie overall, with not actually changing a whole lot. So we will eventually break down the characters, and that's going to kind of explain more of those kind of negatives and such. But um, I like the idea of the story being, how do we free the other Black Widows? I think that that's as standard as you can get. And again, that's another one of my problems is it's kind of everything you would imagine that it would be and nothing extra like if you pitch to me what's a Black Widow movie I'd go oh she probably does something with the other Black Widows
2: yeah and she did
0: and it's like well who's the villain of that eh, probably the person running the Black Widow program yep <laughs> and what do you set up in the future eh, probably her replacement because she's dead now Yep. yep and what's her replacement like I pretty much like her, but just younger. Yep, (laughs) it's kind of like every. And and I would be fair here, though
1: we always say good things are good, and that fits here.
0: Yeah,
2: predictable isn't bad. It's just that it's it's fine. Yeah, it's just, but it's just fine, kind of thing.
0: Right. There's no part of this movie that I feel like it puts a stamp on, like Iron Man. Totally different movie than a lot of other superhero films. Really changed everything and set the pace for the MCU. Captain America Winter Soldier. Totally different feel to it. Very serious. It takes the genre up to a new level because it's a spy thriller. Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a, practically a comedy. But it still can be having like a lot of heart in it and everything. Totally changes everything. Gives you a different feel. Even Ant-Man. Flat out a comedy. Different feel to it. Not the strongest movie out of the bunch. Somewhere in my like C tier or so, I think. Might be low B tier. I think it's I think it's C tier, if I'm remembering correctly. But um this just kind of feels like run of the mill. And very early in the story, you know what all the story beats are going to be. You know, the movie family. starts off with the family stuff, and you're like, okay, so the family's gonna have their arguments, and then the family's gonna get together at the end.
1: Because It's going to be like, hey, we're family, you know, why, why didn't you come looking for me? Why are we not closer?
0: And it's, of course, they get closer because they're family. And, like, Drakov's daughter is eventually going to be an element. Drakov is going to be that manipulative type of guy. You're going to get a lot of the same jokes that you would expect. You're going to get a lot of the same stereotypical characters that you would expect the story itself if I'm giving it like a grade it's kind of C minus
2: yeah I, I'd say C like it's, it's a solid story
1: Like I, I don't want to I feel like it sounds like we're being mean
0: you know like we're yeah people are going to take it. this as more of us being like oh we hated this movie no it's just that it's fine it's just that it's not great yeah
1: it's that I, I didn't come out of this going oh man I'm ready for the next piece of the MCU I
0: just came out of it like, oh,
1: that's
0: a, that's a fun watch. But yeah, I watched it. Yeah, and that's why, like a C, C minus or so. It's like it's it's middle of the road. Yeah. If an A is like an end game, if a F is like a Thor: The Dark World with its problems, it's even then, it's not an F. That's the worst movie out of the bunch, and it's not an F. So I still watched Isn't that, that movie a couple times.
2: Isn't that great? Like yeah. Missed- this series doesn't miss. So
0: tone wise, actually, let's save tone. Let's go character wise, because that'll be a good way to break everything down. We get into more specifics. Obviously, we've got Black Widow. We've known her by now. She's been in like 10 movies. So <laughs> we know who Black Widow is. There's nothing different in this movie that Black Widow is or isn't. She's just Black Widow. And that's exactly what she needs to be. So she's, you know, major thumbs up. She's a hit.
2: Yeah, I mean, Black Widow. (laughs) I mean, what else? Yeah, Black
1: Widow. (laughs) We've seen her in enough. You said what you need to say.
0: Now, our secondary Black Widow, Yelena Belova, played by Florence Pugh. She is great, I think.
1: Fantastic. She's great. Just in general, the actress is great at everything. But she really pulls together the whole, you know... Little sister, kind of i I'm mad that you're in this clique that people adore you, but you know don't forget your roots, don't forget who you actually are, you know you do you really deserve all this adulation. I thought she did great,
0: I really liked their dynamic because if they didn't feel like they had had this sisterly bond, it wouldn't work, and whether they Just naturally clicked and had chemistry, or if this was something that was manufactured through working together on this movie, I felt like they are legitimately friends and that there was enough of that kind of sibling rivalry to keep it going to where it just doesn't seem like it's like, you know, just two buddies hanging out kind of a thing. Like it felt like a sisterly bond. So they did a great job, the two of them, because it's two way street. And I like that she. Was badass, but she wasn't hitting you over the head with it. Any of these movies, whenever they try to hit you over the head with something, whether it's, you know, um, they miss. The this character is the funny guy, and if you don't laugh at every single joke, then it's kind of like embarrassing. Or this character is the cool guy, but he's now he's cringy. Or this woman in this movie is super tough and she doesn't need a man so she's gonna be constantly telling you that in the movie or you know, whatever it might be uh yeah that type of thing is always you go overboard you can, in some way by trying to prove the character and they didn't with her they ended up letting her just kind of be a character that i'm interested in seeing going forward i want her to be a part of quite a bit of things like she very easily could have came off as, ah, uh, you're just trying to replace Black Widow. I oh, don't like this girl. And instead, it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, she could be a new Black Widow. <laughs> I had one
1: of my favorite, uh, probably my favorite line in the movie was the whole, "Hey, why do you do this thing with the yeah. hair flip and the-,
0: <laughs> and the pose? You're such a poser. Why do you do this?" And then when later when she does the pose, and she's just like, "Oh God, like what a poser." I lo- I love it. I like that part. I liked when uh I forget exactly what it was now blanking off the top of my head, where she goes, this would be a fun way to die And then like another thing she's just like this wouldn't be a fun way to die And then when at the end when she kills uh Dracoff she's just like oh, like this will work or whatever kinda of like this has been fun <laughs> like, you know? So she's got a little bit of a twisted sense of humor to her, she's cool. And the part with the uh on the plane uh where we'll get into his character in a moment but where alexi is like you know my girls like i'm so proud of you whatever um and they start getting into it and he's just like oh is it that time of the month and she goes into the whole idea of i don't get my period you know they take out your uterus and they do this and they do this and it's like oh man it's brutal Ah, oh, we don't <laughs> want to hear about that kind of thing but like the way that she delivers it is funny because you could tell that she's just so cynical that it's got humor to it and everything. Like
1: I think, I think it works because it's also just like, yeah, there's a reason I'm like this. You asshole! Look what I've been put through.
0: She has the right sense of like, just, just enough of an edge where she's cool instead of, oh, look at me, I'm an edge lord. I guess that's a good way to put it. It's like the people that try too hard to impress don't impress. The people that don't try hard enough are more impressing. <laughs> and she nails it. She is my favorite part of this whole movie by far.
1: I think she was
0: the absolute best. I really liked Alexi. But. I don't like how. They dropped the ball with him.
2: Because he's not in much of the movie. Yeah. I can agree with that because he
1: could have played more of a role and maybe, you know, helped further along some of these plot points that make it a weaker movie.
0: Like, I kind of feel in particular, the character Mason, he didn't need to exist. That was the one that was helping, uh, black widow get like her safe house and, he got her the the jet at the end and everything. Like, he was kind of just there. Whereas like, man, it's a shame that they couldn't have like used Alexi as the guy that gets them some of those things or something, you know? Like they can't obviously for the plot if they need to use that to break him out, but maybe they rearrange it in some kind of way. I don't know. Like it's just I wanted more Red Guardian because he was fun. And And also shout out to The actor yeah David Harbour I've never seen David Harbour In something that he hasn't been good in One of the best in the world and he He nails His role here I think He was great as Greg Beam In Quantum of Solace He is great as Hopper in Stranger Things I didn't see the Hellboy movie But from the clips that I had seen he seemed like he was a good Hellboy I only saw the original ones with Ron Perl- uh, Perlman.
1: That's the only one I've ever seen.
0: Perlman was great. But, like, even the idea of Red Guardian was a lot of fun with the idea of, like, uh, I beat Captain America and all this, and then the other dude comes up and he's just like, are you talking about the 80s? Because Captain America would have been still on ice, and he's just like, fuck you, I killed Captain America, practically. Uh, I took his shield and I shoved him out of the building and all this, like... And then eventually he has to just go, like, "Hey, has you he ever talked about me? <laughs> <You know?
2: laughs>
0: <laughs> love that like I want more Red Guardian but there's almost no place to see him again like where would they bring him into the future of the MCU they'll bring him in just because like now
1: that he's done such a good job they will bring him in
0: I hope so because he is a lot of fun and I don't know if they would do some kind of a spin-off movie of Black Widow movie I don't think so but If they do, they got to figure out a way to bring him back because he's great. I didn't feel as strongly about Melina Vostokov. I'm not a fan of the Iron Maiden character to know anything really about her character. Then again, I didn't really know anything about Red Guardian either, but Rachel Weisz's character was a little more wooden. And oddly enough, I don't think she turned good enough. Because like, By the time you get to the part of the movie where uh, Yelena and Natasha break out, Alexi, and they go to meet up with Melina, you're sort of already on par with, like, okay, we're getting the family back together. And Melina's like, I'm just going to torture this pig for a little bit. (laughs) And you're like, fuck, what are you doing? Poor pig. So I keep
1: seeing this compared to the Americans. And you can stop me if you haven't seen The Americans.
0: I haven't seen it. (laughs)
1: Okay, so never mind that point. But, yeah, I do get that kind of vibe of Russians living in America, spy thing. And I think that show did a little bit better than this. But if you're going to steal some beats from something, that's a pretty good show to steal some beats from.
0: I always got the impression that The Americans was a show about Russians living in America and falling in love with being in America. And kind of being like, oh, I don't know if I actually want to be a Russian spy. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah, kind of. It's a show that I'm interested to watch. It's on my list of like, man, that's a commitment to watch a whole series. Like, I want to watch House of Cards. I want to watch Sopranos. I want to watch a couple other different shows where it's just like, uh, I don't know if I really want to sit down for like three weeks to watch something, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. But no, I just want to bring that up because in everything I'm seeing about this movie, they keep going, well, look at all these beats from the Americans and these Easter eggs and how they, they took, you know, that idea. And it's like probably a pretty common idea actually, because I'm sure that's something that really happened. Yeah. The time.
0: It's got to have happened to at least one group, but you never know how many people really, Doing the whole thing in the Cold War, and... and it is kind of weird, too, that, like, since you can't do the story in the Cold War, they just flash back to, like, 1995. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, that's not quite the same, you know?
1: Which is weird, because by 95, we're not really doing Russian
0: spies. At least not anywhere near the same as a couple of years prior to that. That's true. You figure Goldeneye came out in 1995, and what's, uh... Judy Dench's M's line about Bond. I think you're a relic you're of, the, of Cold <laughs> the Cold
1: War. It's like when it was not Bond. a sexist,
0: misogynist dinosaur, though.
1: <laughs> speaking of Bond, uh camille's in this movie.
0: Camille's in this movie. Greg Beam is in this movie. sets so two from Quantum of Salus, and she watches a clip from Moonraker. Yep. Sets up the Red Room. I was not expecting that Moonraker clip to pop up in there. So I'm at the movie. I'm the only one that reacted to it that I could hear at the very least. I'm just kind of like, oh, fuck, there's fucking Hugo Drax. And it's the Python scene. Okay. <laughs> well, it's one small step
1: for the MCU.
0: <laughs> Maybe we can get more Bond references here and there. That'd be fantastic. Cross things over with a review to a kill. Well, Drax will be
1: Hanks in a human. Po- it's, it's
0: a whole thing. <laughs> So the girl who plays young Natasha, by the way, I didn't know this until after I'd seen the movie and I started looking look up information about it. And then once I found that out, I'm like, oh my God, why did I not see this? Do you know who she's the daughter of? Uh, not off the top of my head. So I'm going to show you a picture of her just so you can uh, potentially make the connection. Because once I say it, you're going to go, oh shit, of course. You know, because it's just like, it's obvious once you know. So here is a picture of young Natasha. A picture of the actress that is playing young Natasha.
2: Any All guesses? Right.
0: Hmm. It's not Samuel L. Jackson. It's not. It's <laughs> definitely
1: not Samuel L. Jackson. Uh nothing off top of my head.
0: Somebody who could have been potentially a very, very good Black Widow in her own uh, regard and was maybe even in the running for it, if not everybody's fan cast for it, Mila Jovovich. Wow. Doesn't she look just like her? You know,
1: wow. Yeah. <laughs> genes are strong, man. I, I, I As much as it's like, duh, that's how life works. Yeah. Sometimes you, you see how strong genes can
0: be in a person and Yeah. And it's like after the movie when I found that out, I'm like, my God, why didn't I make that connection? She looks just like her. Like, so that's kind of cool that like young Black Widow is the daughter of somebody who many people were like, hey, if they ever did a Black Widow movie, it's got to be Mila Jovovich. Well, kind of weird how work out. Like that. It might be, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it might be them kind of being like, you know what? Let's balance out the universe a little bit here. <laughs> you know? But her name's uh, Ever Anderson is her name. And uh, I liked the little bits with them in the flashback as one of my favorite parts of the movie, as them just as like a family. So I wanted the family unit to get together. But then by the time we get to Melina and she's like torturing the pigs and whatever, I just didn't like Melina as much as I guess I was supposed to because she's doing that on Drakov's behalf she's basically the person responsible for all these black widows being mind controlled. And she's just sort of like, yeah, I guess I'll kind of stop it.
2: Yeah. Cause you would think, cause the way that they pitch it in the beginning, it seems like
1: she'd be the more uh, sympathetic of the two. Right.
0: Yeah, because Alexi's the one that's just sort of like, well, we gotta go, and Melina's like, you know, I'm sorry.
1: And she's like, we're going home, kind of. And it seems like the kids are really distraught, like she gets shot. But no, I I didn't find myself liking her as much as I liked Red Guardian.
0: So if they had to pick one of those two to come in the future, Red Guardian all the way, for sure. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but maybe they'll wreck on that. They they could always do something to make her more
2: likable. That's true. Now with Dracov's
0: daughter, she is a plot element that they incorporate in there where they say, you know, Black Widow used her daughter to kind of set up the idea that Dracov was gonna be in this building so that way they could blow up Dracov, and then that's how she gets into Shield is by killing this guy and whatever. So she thinks that she's killed her off and it turns out not only is she still alive, which is like a yeah, surprise, surprise, but she is played by Olga Kurilenko who was Camille, Camille. Montez in, uh, Quantum of Solace as we've said was not listed in the cast list for this going into that. So that was kind of a surprise when I, I like saw that. in the uh, credits, it said, you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, <laughs> Rachel Weiss, et cetera, et cetera. And then it said Olga Kurilenko. It was like, Wait, she's in this? I don't remember her being in this. And she's Taskmaster, and this is—I like it, and I don't. In some ways, I—I I like it more so than I don't like it. So for anybody who's going to complain about me, complaining about it, it's you know seventy-five percent that I like this. Um, in the comics, Taskmaster is Tony Masters, and he is just a guy with a photographic memory. Uh huh. In this, it's not only they've changed the gender of the character; she's not Tony Masters. She's Antonia, Antonia Drakov, I would assume. Which is you get rid of the Masters thing. But then again, with the name Taskmaster, it's kind of weird that like your name's Master. Why would you Tony Masters Taskmaster? eh, That's kind of weird. So I didn't. I never really liked that name to begin with. And I'm totally cool with them changing the gender of the character. And I like even more so that they made it to where she's got a chip in her head. Cause then that can explain how she's actually able to learn these moves instead of just, I don't know, she's fucking good at it. <laughs> like that's basically how they always said it in the comics for Taskmaster. He's fucking good at it. Shut up. Like so I like that switch, but I feel like it was so obvious. After a while, because I thought going into this movie that Rachel Weisz's character was going to end up turned out to be Taskmaster, but I knew it had to be a woman. I'm like, they are definitely changing this character. They are purposely not saying who is playing Taskmaster, which means they've got a twist in mind, which means it's going to be a woman because it's a Black Widow film and they can't help themselves but to have a female villain for the female protagonist kind of thing. And Rachel Wise is too big of an actress. She's probably that. But then once they start playing a little bit more into, oh, it's Dreykov's daughters, whatever, I'm like, okay, it's Dracov's daughter. Like,
1: yeah. So first of all, my favorite line from Moonraker is, a woman. Right. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm all right with a little bit of creative license. They've yeah. done enough by the book that I think they can afford to fuck around a little
0: bit. They've done some changes that I think are, drastically better than the comics too, like Ultron being a byproduct of Tony Stark makes infinitely more sense than it being something that Hank Pym was working on. Why is the Ant-Man dude creating a robot when the guy with the robot suit isn't, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. I like that. I like, I like some, like actually most of the changes that they've made, I've thought were improvements one of the only ones that I didn't like was the whole uh, alter Killian is the real Mandarin and the Mandarin's not a real thing or whatever. And that was just, eventually they realized, they're like, yeah, that was kind of fucking stupid. Let's do the real Mandarin and Shang-Chi. So we get to see real Mandarin coming up soon. Even then though, Shang-Chi looks like uh, it's going to have, instead of the 10 rings being 10 actual rings on the fingers, that it's going to be these like armband things. I'm like, that looks kind of sweet. All right, cool. So, I did like that. I just thought that it was kind of the storytelling itself to get to that twist by the second time they mentioned Dracov's daughter. I'm like, all right, just tell me that taskmaster is Dracov's daughter. I already know it.
1: Maybe, maybe the other people in the theater don't know it, Tony. Maybe it's not just about you, Tony.
0: Well, you know what? I did hear somebody a couple seats away from me explaining something to his friend but he wasn't explaining the things that were more complicated like that. Like, oh, in Avengers, he says, Dracov's daughter, and this is Dracov and it's his daughter. He was saying more th- more so things like, she said she'll be back later. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Or like if Natasha says, like, uh, you know, um, hey, thanks for filling in for me, or whatever. He'll be like, thanks for filling in for me. That's what she said. Like that kind of deal. You'd think more so it would be like, no, Mason isn't a character from the comics. I don't know who that is. Or yeah, whatever it might be. I'm not gonna keep whispering. But like <laughs> uh, you whisper, are we just doing games fun? Free real estate. <laughs> 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 um so Taskmaster, mostly positives. Character could be stronger, but Drakov, weak
2: villain. Yeah. But when you think about it, it serves its purpose. And I don't think the villain, Look, I think this story is so paint by numbers that even
1: if the delivery was on point and it was, the you know, the villain was going to come across as weak because it's just like, all right, we know where we're going here. And I think that's what hurts this film more than
0: anything. I just wish that there was a stronger villain, because I know that the MCU gets flack for having bad villains. And even in comparison to some of the other bad ones that we've had in the past, they look so much better. Like, Anton Vanko from Iron Man 2 looks like a stronger villain than Dreykov at this point. Especially when you compare it to like, the really good villains like Killmonger or... Say, yeah, of course, Thanos. Thanos, yeah. yeah like you wanna... I was trying not to say Thanos, but it's like Thanos, fucking great villain, you know. It's like uh, it's like comparing the Rock to the maze It's not fair. <laughs> so I was disappointed in Draykov. He's really only in like one scene. That's his like. Hey, scene, I'm Draykov, and then now you're gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah. You know? I guess it's more the looming threat of Dreykov and what he's done in the past but at the same time uh, it's just it's a mess for me on Drakov. So is this one of those movies that you think you'll watch again? I'm sure I'll watch it again at some point but I'm not getting uh, the itch to watch it. Like okay, to so have it to where that. you could watch it right now and I could just watch it after it just came out whereas something like endgame I was like man I'm gonna go watch that again in theaters
1: yeah let me rephrase that because Tony is somebody who has seen die another day like 12 times yeah so, <laughs> so I know you're going to watch it again but you've said that you don't feel compelled to do so
0: right yeah. what about you are you getting that kind of like uh when do you think that you would want to watch it again if Oh uh,
1: if somebody says to me hey let's, let's watch a movie I want to watch black widow I'll watch black widow but will I watch it by myself? Probably not for a while.
0: Because I you know, don't feel like there's anything that needs to be revisited.
2: It's a good film. It's not
1: It's not a great film. It's not something that's like,
2: oh man, this scene,
1: I want to watch this fight scene right now. It's, like yeah, they don't like, have that.
0: Again, it's unfair to compare it to something like Endgame, but at the same time with Endgame, I don't know how many times I've just clicked on YouTube to watch Cap get Mjolnir.
1: Uh, I'll put it like this, because we're doing the Review to a Kill franchise. The amount of times that I have watched the opening sequence of For Your Eyes Only. (laughs) (laughs) One of the worst (laughs) ones. The amount of times that I have watched Big Blofeld... Beg James Lawn for his life It's ridiculous, but it's one of my favorite scenes because it's ridiculous, <laughs> and I'm just glad that I do have a YouTube where I can watch it again and again. I don't have anything like that here.
0: Like, if I, like, I look
1: at... Go ahead. Keep it yeah, I like, like, the intro, like, I liked, uh, I texted you, I uh, love American Pie, they had the weird, yeah. uh, Smells Like King Spirit, I'm not crazy about that, but... They had some fun scenes in the beginning, but I didn't feel anything like, I need to watch this part again.
0: Yeah, there's movies that, of course, that I'm a big fan of that I don't watch a whole lot because they're just not easy to rewatch. Like, you kind of can't just sit down and watch 2001 A Space Odyssey. (laughs) Admittedly, I think it's one of the best films that's ever been made, and it's boring as shit but it is just like an awe-inspiring movie. And there's like, but even something like that, with 2001 A Space Odyssey, I can listen to also Sprock Tharathustra and get goosebumps every single time I listen to the song and get that like rush of the movie. And when I'm listening to the Avengers theme, I kind of feel that rush and I want to just sort of watch like the Battle of New York again. Or the amount of times that I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy just because it's so fun. Or let me try to find even one that's on like the lower end. Um, Not even necessarily the lower end, but like, I know a lot of people don't really love Age of Ultron. I think Age of Ultron's a very fun movie to rewatch. I've seen that a bunch of times. And you don't gonna watch every part of the movie. You can watch specific clips of it or whatever, but I don't feel like I'm going to need to revisit any scenes of this movie.
2: Yeah. Like it's a fine movie. I don't think it's, it's
1: going to be one that people need to rewatch over and over again. You'll see it a bunch of times. It'll be on TVS. I'm sure. Or whatever. You know how I think every day, literally I see justice league on TNT for <laughs> Batman vs. Superman on TNT. Like, it's like one of those movies. And in some ways, I think the threat of the MCU hurts the weaker films. Because if they were just one offs, they'd probably be
0: better. Yeah, Black Widow is better than, like, when we had gotten those, like, Fantastic Four movies, for instance. Or. Even something like Daredevil, which at the time, Daredevil wasn't all that bad. Now, compared to something like Black Widow, it's like, all right, Daredevil sucks. But, you know, like, uh, like I guess I'll put it this way, too. like The only movies that I haven't watched a second time yet, all the way through, are Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, and this one. Now this just came out, so that's give it a little bit of, you know, leeway when it comes to that. The you only reason you I, say that, but like, but I could have already watched it yeah, two or three times by now if I really wanted to. And the only reason I haven't rewatched *Ant-Man and the Wasp* is because I want to watch it with the commentary, yeah. and I just have had other things that I've been like, yeah, I want to watch this instead. I want to watch that instead. Like, it's just haven't really had the urge to it, but. Ant-Man and the Wasp, not the strongest film in the series either. And um, Captain Marvel, I just flat out didn't like a good portion of it. I don't know if I'm ever going to come around to that one. But I do think that this is the type of movie that I would recommend to somebody and tell them you're going to like it, but you're not going to love it. I guess that's a good way to put it. I don't love this movie, but I liked it.
1: You know, it's interesting. We see they're
0: not committing
1: actors to nine films anymore. You think we'll ever get non-threaded MCU film? Like, you think we'll just get, like, here's a one-shot?
0: I think that that's kind of what they're going to be doing for some of these characters going forward. But they're definitely investing in the future for some things. We definitely need to talk about the end credits in a little bit. Um... Because that's definitely a sign that something's coming up. If we go into the tone side of things, action drama, comedy, romance, there's no romance in this. But there doesn't need to be.
1: Yeah, and I'm good with not every film needs a romance arc.
0: Yeah, it doesn't need a love story in the sense that she doesn't need to be flirting with Mason and then it's like, ah, uh, it turns out that he's actually a spy, and oh, uh, I was going to fall in love with you, and, like, no. The the quote-unquote romance of this movie is family. Vin Diesel would love it. And, I love,
1: fucking <laughs> love those names. But, uh, we're seeing that more and more, I think.
0: Less of well, the, we need the traditional love story, and love more of...
1: In every film. Like,
0: I like that. More of something like, for instance, the, uh, even Frozen. It's like the main love story of Frozen is between two sisters. And I think Frozen, honest to God, kicked off
1: that whole thing.
0: Yeah, I think so, too.
1: Which is great. You know? great,
2: yeah, because these- you
0: can tell more of these stories. It's not, it doesn't have to be girl and a guy fall in love, guy and a guy fall in love, girl and a guy, whatever, you know. Two people fall in love, and that's like the romantic thing, and they're gonna get married at the end, or whatever it is. You don't need to do that for every single story.
1: You definitely don't. Um, I will say one of my favorite lines in the movie with uh,
2: people who have friends don't call me. I, for some reason, that line popped me. I I just what
0: I thought you were gonna say the the uh, <laughs> the part where uh, uh, Yelena was saying your husband remodels houses, and I imagine that you're a science teacher and like that kind of thing.
1: Oh no, I just. Like, for some reason, that line struck a chord with me just to, like, uh, that's what friends do. Who are People who have friends don't call me.
0: <laughs> I just... like What a great line. <laughs> that was the only real part of Mason's character that was kind of like a thumbs up, I think. He was just sort of a waste.
1: He was just sort of there.
0: Yeah, And they used him as a little bit of a red herring in the production stuff as like, oh, he's the one that's playing Taskmaster this whole time. Like, I don't even know if they might have had that in mind from the beginning. They might have specifically created that character just to be like, let's point him in the direction of that so that we could do the Antonia twist. Would you be surprised? I wouldn't. Yeah, neither would I. So the romance stuff, it doesn't get a high score because it doesn't have that and it doesn't need it, so that's not a bad thing on that. Comedy, more than anything, the two characters that were the most humorous of the bunch were... Red Guardian and Yelena, and their jokes landed. Yeah.
1: They did fantastic.
0: Thumbs up. I like the, like, even some of the little ones that are, again, they're textbook and it's like kind of stereotypical jokes that you would imagine and everything. They're not going above and beyond to do anything different. But like, when Yelena's like, oh, all you really care about is your stupid times and your stories when you were the Crimson Dynamo, which is another character from the comics. And then he's just sort of like, it was the red guardian <laughs> It kind of has to correct her but I, for somebody like me i'm like oh crimson dynamo oh man that means we're probably not gonna get crimson dynamo like you know. yeah but i feel we like kind of already that's did. not
1: one of the ones i would have totally gotten but i like when they throw that in there for people like you
0: yeah and i still don't get most of these references so like I'm sure there's other people that they picked up more things than I did, but Crimson Dynamo, they kind of already threw out there because, uh, Vanko in Iron Man two is sort of a combination of a bunch of different characters. Vanko being Crimson Dynamo. He's using the whiplash things like whiplash, black lash and whatever. So they were sort of like, let's just take five characters and make them one quote unquote original character. And we don't need to do titanium man. So let's make them drones and, you know, that sort of deal. For instance, a change from the comics, Obadiah Stane and Justin Hammer, the opposites. Obadiah Stane is the young guy, and Justin Hammer is the old guy in the comics. I like it so much better as Jeff Bridges as the older Obadiah Stane, and Justin Hammer as the younger Sam Rockwell kind of bit, you know? You
1: think they did that because of who they cast it, or do you think, like, why do you think they made that change?
0: I think it was largely, they wanted to do, like, a father is son thing with Obadiah Stane. And I think it works out so much better. So, like, when you make some changes, like, hey, I'm cool with uh, Taskmaster in future incarnations of even the comics and stuff being like, you want to make her a woman? Cool. If it yeah. serves as a story, like, anytime that they can do that and it actually serves a purpose, then it's an option. Just don't ever do anything for the sake of uh, politics or for nothing, you know? Don't make, like, um, hey, we're going to make this Robin. Uh, he's got a mohawk because we want to please the mohawk audience, and it's like, well, why does he have a mohawk? Well, because maybe they'll buy the comics or something. It's like, well, what? Like, you know, it's just kind of, yeah.
1: It's, what a weird go-to
0: example from you. But I go to that. This the first thing that popped in my mind. So I'm thinking, what do what do all the Robins have in, uh, in common with each other? Uh, they got like the black kind of spiky hair or whatever. <laughs> but. I thought that the comedy stuff for the most part thumbs up. Sometimes it felt a little bit strange that they were going from something super serious to a joke. I don't know if they really had to tone down with that because it is a little bit weird to be like it's a shame all these women are being abducted as kids and then they're being turned into these murdering Terminator types but lol I'm wearing this vest (laughs) yeah. yeah overall though The drama side of things, not the most uh, impressive, dramatic elements of these movies. The story idea behind it is good. I don't think the execution is. So it's a little bit more of a thumbs down on the drama to me. Yeah, I would thumbs
2: up just because I think it hits where it needs to. It's a thumbs down for
1: you, but you're like probably comparing it to the others. I think as a standalone movie,
0: it hits. How do you feel about the action? Is there any, like, which action scene is the one that you're going to remember going forward from this? So,
1: that's, see, that's where I have a problem. Like, nothing really for me was memorable here. But I wouldn't say the action was lacking. It's just, okay, we got some good fight scenes. But it's nothing that I'm like, you know what, man? Sign me up! I'm gonna redo that choreography. Like it was just, it was just fine, you know. Middle of the road, th- like an orange cast he thumbs up. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like a, for anybody and, who follows the pro
0: wrestling stuff. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, like it's just a, the thumb is up, but you're just kind of halfway putting it there.
0: If anything, I think that the thing that stands out the most for me for the action was when they were falling through the uh sky which i didn't really like the whole idea of the sky thing or whatever but that at least felt bigger than the movie whereas like you know i mean just having a fight on a bridge or something uh, we've seen better fights on bridges and we've seen better fights that are fights because the fight like the fight sequences are a lot of taking from other movies too like And that's kind of, I guess, one of the downsides to Taskmaster is Taskmaster has to be, you've seen this before and they're doing it again, so it does feel like we've already seen it before, because we literally have seen it before. But when Taskmaster does, like, the moves that Winter Soldier did, you're like, alright, well, it was cooler in the Winter Soldier when you did it the first time.
1: It's, so like, when I saw, for example, there was, like, a scene where they were hanging from this building was about to collapse, I kind of got weird golden eye vibes. Where I was like, this is a great green screen for 2021. <laughs> I was like, you know, they could do this better. And that was one of the weird takeaways. And then I laughed because there's another Bond in a movie that's kind
2: of got a few Bond references. But action for me, it was good. But Nothing to write
0: home about. I'm looking at some trivia stuff here, just to add some extra little bits of this. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, this according to IMDb, Scarlett Johansson asked her husband Colin Jost, who's a big Marvel Universe fan, to rehearse lines from the movie with her, but he refused to because he didn't want to hear any spoilers. I love that.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, hats off to Colin Jost. Right. SNL cast member. Like... He's been in WrestleMania, he's married to Scarlett Johansson Guys living life
0: <laughs> um, As far as like music goes We got American Pie in here We got the uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit And nothing from the score Stood out to me So I might have to listen to it again To give it like an official thumbs up or thumbs down But since literally nothing stood out to me Thumbs down for me on that end
2: I like American Pie Thumbs up. You know? like just, we just for the about... one song, though? About... <laughs> well, I. Look, I thought
1: the Smells Like Teen Spirit it was cool. That felt like Edgelord for the sake of Edgelord, though. With, like, the. the slideshow. Yeah. Of history going by. It's like,
2: alright. That
1: felt a little too. Well, we're, we're, we're moody here. But, yeah. I'm not going to say the. The score was bad. It's kind of like the Bond films, Tony, where you know we don't hear anything beyond the main theme.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I try to pay attention to all that stuff as much as I can. And I don't have any takeaways from it, so if it's not something that sticks with my brain, then eh, then I can't really be super hyped about it. The visuals, mostly good. I guess it's kind of... You do it well enough you don't pay any attention to it, then it's not surprising. You do it bad. It would stand out. Nothing really stood out as super bad to me. Maybe the okay. end sequence could have been better, but nothing offensive. So thumbs up for me on that.
1: I will say I, I did have that immediate notice about the, the green sc- screen where was supposed to be in the sky. I was like, you know what?
2: I think we can do better. So I'll say thumbs in the middle just because That really stood out to me.
0: So at the end of this, I guess this is just a fine enough way for us to wrap it up. We have one post-credit sequence. And it's Yelena is visiting the grave of Natasha, who of course has died in Endgame. And they imply that the grave is in Ohio, which I liked. Because it's like she would want to be buried in the area that was like you know, that was when like home. she had her home and, you her know, family. and that's like, oh, that's sweet. And Yelena had talked about, she wants to get a dog and she's got a dog now. And she named the dog Fanny, which is funny. Cause it's like the other, uh, one of the passport things for Mason had created for, uh, Natasha was Fanny Longbottom or something. So, you know, <laughs> some, uh, some steps when it comes to that, but she's approached by Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine which is I'm, not a character that I knew prior to Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Who is just awesome. And
1: How many A-list actors are in the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe? Now?
0: This is what I'm talking about, though. We got Owen Wilson in a weekly wow. Marvel series. He like, still hasn't said wow yet. There's one more episode. They gotta have him say it. That's a shame. You just gotta be like, wow, Loki, wow. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, they're all flocking there because it's great. You know, they know that they're going to be having some fun. They're going to be in like a good family as far as like the production is going. And I never would have imagined that Elaine <laughs> would be this obscure of a character in a solo Black Widow film and a spin-off TV show about the Falcon. It just floors me. Because I thought back in the day, well, they'll never be able to make like, I don't know, like a Daredevil movie. Or right. we'll never get Ghost Rider in a film. Of course, we probably shouldn't have because those films are garbage. But uh, like, I knew obviously Hulk, and I knew Thor, and I knew Loki, and some other people. I've never heard of Valentina like Fontaine Until... She pops up in Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I'm like, wait, who is this character? So it's kind of like, that's one of those ones where I'm like, yeah, you could not have paid me to guess this correct. I never would have earned the money. And yet, since we saw her in Falcon and Winter Soldier, it ends up being like, oh shit, that's Contessa. Like, that means she's recruiting another person. She's got US agent, and now she's got Black Widow number two we're getting Thunderbolts.
2: Absolutely.
0: And those two being a part of the Thunderbolts, checking off a couple things on the list, we'd probably get Baron Zemo. It seems like Shang-Chi is going to feature Abomination at some point, so it's like Abomination's probably going to be on that list. Maybe Tinkerer from Spider-Man, maybe they incorporate somebody like Beetle.
1: Can you fucking Tinker? Again, (laughs) Did you ever think
0: Yeah, Tinkerer would just be in a Spider-Man movie We're talking
1: about Tinkerer here (laughs)
0: Right I mean the idea behind this alone We're talking about Black Widow number two Like The secondary Black Widow It's like okay well she'll probably be Black Widow going forward And it's like we've not only gotten Black Widow In a movie we've got Black Widow in so many Movies that she is now As popular of a character as Wonder Woman is in some ways That's insane That's fucking wild. A couple years ago, you say to somebody, name me 10 superheroes, and they go Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, Wolverine,
1: Wonder Woman,
0: Wonder Woman, The Flash. Maybe maybe even Flash, but Hulk? They probably say Hulk. They might say Captain America. And then they're probably out. They probably can't think of anymore. Some random person might be like, out of nowhere like Mr. Terrific and you'd be like what the fuck really <laughs> like, or like you know? you'd be like uh, Green Lantern yeah Green Lantern they, they might
1: because they'd be like everybody that, that's been in like
0: cartoons or media yeah Aquaman they might be able to say but those are DC ones too if you say name me 10, Mar- ten name me I- 10 Avengers people aren't going to bring up if you said Pricks name Silver. me
1: 10 Marvel characters and you can only name one X-Men I'm probably screwed 10 years ago
0: yeah shit if you say name me 10 marvel characters a lot of people would probably say the couple of the avengers that they knew and then actually start naming other characters from spider-man probably like mary jane green goblin you know because it's had already been out at that point but nobody would say yelena belova or uh, melina Vostokov or something like that like just kind of like so it's so cool to go through these movies and to see that that's becoming even more and more part of the lexicon and it's just kind of... We're at a point now in 2021 where you can say to somebody, hey, uh, Natasha Romanoff, blah, 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 and they might know who you're talking about.
2: Yeah. Like, WandaVision?
1: I was surprised at how many people were obsessed
2: with WandaVision for those weeks that the show was on the air. Marvel is a huge deal. And it getting swallowed by Disney helps that immensely. Because, say what you will
1: about Disney owning everything, Disney is a powerful brand, and their reach knows no limits.
0: It's such a shame that Disney, their success that they've had by staying out of the MCU that they didn't do the same when it comes to Star Wars because hashtag Last Jedi subbed. But
1: um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but hold on, hold on, because you, you erased the sequel trilogy. The Disney Plus shit is fucking great.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. You give Dave Filoni the, uh, the option to do this. We've had a great sequel trilogy, I'm sure. And I guess a lot of this just comes down to that. I think that maybe, well, I, I'll i say this. Guaranteed, Captain Marvel is a better movie with different writers and directors. 100%. Because Captain Marvel, they had something there, and they screwed it all up. Fundamentally, that the biggest me- problem of that movie is the whole movie hinges on, you need to stop using your emotions, and she's completely emotionless the entire movie. Because so why,
1: but why is she emotional
0: Tony it's just like oh you women with all your emotions women, and it's uh, like
1: it's like come
0: on okay she's not an emotional character though so can we not make it like some kind of beating down You're women for the sake of
1: it like it's not even like there
0: yeah like women aren't just inherently the, flying off the rails emotional crazy like what what come on like They tried, they went overboard in trying to go make a statement about something and ended up kind of circling back and becoming problematic on their own way. And like, thankfully, this movie doesn't fall into the trap of being like some statement that needs to fall into its own trap in order to make its own statements. It's just kind of generic.
2: A great movie to watch on a Saturday, on a free streaming platform.
0: Yeah, it's not the event film like other ones were, but it's not a bad movie. It just happens to be in the same space as amazing movies. And I'll say it again,
1: I think they knew that because look at Fast 9. Granted, it's not Disney, but it is a big-time movie that they said... Nope, you're not getting this on a streaming platform. Go to the fucking theaters. They could have easily said that for Black Widow. Hey, it's the MCU. Go to the theaters, and they made the choice to not do that.
0: I'm hoping that Shang Chi is better. I mean, of course, I'm hoping that every movie's better than the last one. Because my God, how many movies like can you do? And it's just like that'd be great. That'd be great. You know that kind of thing. Like, and I have no. Connections with Shang-Chi or the Eternals I Have no real Super interest in the Ms. Marvel Stuff That show, I'm just assuming I'm not going to be a huge fan of I'm looking forward to the Hawkeye show
1: Yeah, that should be good I'm not crazy about She-Hulk
0: I'm not crazy about She-Hulk I'm not crazy about Moon Knight I think that that could potentially be fun But I think it's going to be stuck up its own ass A little bit
1: I am crazy about what if.
0: What this if is, is the next one that's coming up? That is August eleventh. And that just by the sheer idea behind it, that's gotta be fun.
2: Yeah. It's it combines all of my uh, favorite things.
0: Another Bond person involved in that. Jeffrey Wright is the watcher. So well, there we, yeah, Felix Later in there. <laughs>
1: Bond is Marvel.
0: <laughs> you got um uh god what's his name uh mads mickelson and dr strange the villain i'm blanking on it now i want to say malekith but that's the one from thor uh Cassilius. so you got Lashif is (laughs) Cassilius. you know at this point now i'm curious how many more people are in uh that's so crazy like
1: i'm all for it too
0: daniel craig's not in any mcu yeah uh has Naomi Harris been? No, I'm thinking of Pirates of the Caribbean. Um so we don't have money penny in there, we don't have Judy Dench, we don't have
1: uh we, we're going to get a Brosnan in a DC film.
0: Yeah, that how weird is that? That he's going to be Dr uh Dr Fate. Like, I never would have imagined rock. that.
2: I'm all for this. Like <laughs>
1: Listen, Bond is good. Superheroes are good. I think we should merge the two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Super Bonds. And just have uh, crossovers between, like, Bonds uh, interacting with Q Branch. And it turns out that Jarvis is running Q Branch. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they already got the villain monologue thing down. I did like the part. That uh, with Dracov, where she's just waiting to get some information from him, and it's the same thing as with Loki. Like, they had some callbacks that were pretty good with that. Like that quite a bit. But it ends with the idea that, you know, we're going to get Thunderbolts, and Yelena's going to be a part of that. Yelena has apparently, over the past couple of years that we didn't see, she's been freeing the Black Widows, so that's why she wasn't a part of Infinity War and Endgame. Although you would think that she would still just reach out to her and that she would have been a part of the fight with Avengers, you know? Yeah. They kind of, hey, don't think about that, kind of in that regard. But there's some plot holes in these MCU movies here and there, you know? They can't do everything perfectly. And going forward, she is going to be looking into Hawkeye because uh, Valentina was just like, you want to get the person who's responsible for killing your surrogate sister? Here you go. It's Hawkeye. I think she calls him, like, isn't he a cutie or something like that? <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus, man, she's great. And she looks fantastic, too. I mean. Looks exactly the same. Has an edge. She looks great. So we are, we're going to see Le- Yelena somewhere in that Hawkeye TV show, which I'm very excited about. Like, just the idea that we're going to see more of her in there makes me more excited about the Hawkeye show, because she was definitely the highlight of this movie for me. And
1: I just hope they keep knocking it out of the park and don't rely on complacency.
2: And we'll see where they go. So overall,
0: you give it a hit or a miss? I'll give it a hit. It's
2: it's
1: they're bunting. You
0: know what I mean? Like, it's a hit. That's a good way to put it. It's definitely a hit, but it is a weak hit like that. Like, you can't... You know, this is not hit a grand slam. It is a bunt. That's a good way to put it. There's yeah. a lot of baseball metaphors on this edition. I did not expect that to be the case. Oh, well, there you go. Sports. <laughs> something, something, home run. Something, something, infield fly. <laughs> that might not even be the right term for it. <laughs> I just not show my you know, baseball knowledge.
1: Honestly, you know what the only thing running through my mind is right now? Tom Jones doing a theme song for Thunderbolts. <laughs> <laughs> they know the meaning of success. And they strike like thunderbolts. <laughs>
0: you've been listening to all these Bond references and yeah. <laughs> wanting to hear more Bond stuff, check out A Review to a Kill because we have like 30 episodes of that show. So. And you can see
1: where my head is. Like, right very much at the bond brandness.
0: So, I am thinking about potentially doing some kind of a full recap of the MCU, kind of like we've been doing with a review to a kill. I don't know if that'll happen or when that'll happen because realistically, a point to start that would have been around the pandemic and instead I was like, no, I want to do the bond thing. So, <laughs> um maybe we do that in the future. If we do, we eventually would be revisiting this i'm going to watch it again at some point and i might change my opinions about it i might end up bumping it up a couple of spots or for that matter i might end up bumping it down a spot or something
1: i don't know if you get to watch this chronologically
0: like
2: watching rogue one before episode four per se you think it helps i think it does
0: yeah yeah I if agree. you watch this before Infinity War, I think that it comes out not a stronger standalone movie,
1: but a better part of the yeah, a better
0: possible. part of the uh, like the I suppose, overall yeah. narrative. Yeah, because at least then you're not just re go like you're not going back just to retread familiar ground and not really wow anybody. You wow. just happen to be following the next logical part of the story so if it's a weaker entry it's kind of like all right well we're heading somewhere instead of we went back and we didn't really need to but i'm very glad that black widow got a movie i think that she deserved a movie in phase two and it took them long enough but they got around to it, it happened to be the start of phase four but i'm glad that they made the movie i think it could have been better i recommend it if you've been listening to this and you know the whole plot at this point but um if you are on the fence, check it out. I think it's worth a watch.
2: I'd agree. And I think absolutely check it out
1: on Premiere Access. If you're missing the movies, go to the theater.
0: Have a good time. Get your popcorn. And
2: really just have a good time.
0: So I had a good time talking about this. I hope you did too as well, everybody. Drop your comments below. Tell us what you think about Black Widow. Is it a hit? Is it a miss? Is it somewhere in the middle? kind of on that ricochet side of things where it hits, but it bounces and any of the other kind of things you want to chime in about, drop them in the comments as well. Stay tuned for the next bit of things that we're going to be doing here. Um, At the very least, we know that there's going to be another fan tracks coming up on this. That was sponsored through the Patreon, but we're also in some fashion going to talk about Loki because that's ending in the next episode. So that might be on the bonus features. You might, only be able to get access to that on the members-only side of things and the Patreon as well. It might be on the channel. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out once we get a chance to actually watch that episode and everything. But that'll be coming up somewhere in some fashion. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for more episodes of A Review to a Kill because we've already recorded a bunch of those. That'll be coming out over these couple of weeks. And we'll be recording even more of them as well. And if you would like to be going down this whole MCU reach crap Recrap. <laughs> That's Re- first of all, you said reach because I was gonna say retread and then I was gonna say recap and so then I just combined crap. the two. I was the reach crap and then you know, the retrap and whatever. To so be clear it is not crap, it's been a very good time. Not crap. I mean the whole point is that the weakest movies in this are still good, so it's obviously the opposite of crap. But the recap of that uh, then let me know because the more interest that there is in doing a review to a kill style thing of the MCU uh, I don't know what I I want to do Star it. Wars first because I think it's easier Star Wars might be an easier way to, well it definitely would be an easier there's less movies but <laughs> that's something to think about and uh, if you want more for the pro wrestling stuff I mentioned a couple pro wrestling things here go to smartoutmoment.com check out everything that's happening on the red brand follow, like, share, and subscribe and do all that good stuff over there Follow me at Tony Mango, follow Rob at Dude Felice. Yep, and
1: check out everything I got going on in the wrestling side of things. This week, it's a big one. We've got We're Leaving the Thunderdome, Monday Night Raw, which may be finished by the time this gets uploaded. I don't know when this goes up, but tomorrow night's episode of Raw is the last one inside the Thunderdome. So Friday Night Smackdown begins shows inside of arenas again normalcy has returned. Money in the Bank is on Sunday. So check out everything going on there. And follow me everywhere at DudeFelice. Hey, if you make Twitch uh, overlays, hit me up on Twitter at DudeFelice. Let's get something going, because I am beyond ready to have something going so I can do more reviews. I've got roundtable ideas. I've got ideas, but i got to get everything set up first. So thank you.
0: See if you get an overlay, like what Taskmaster has. (laughs) Tells you the future, what moves are going to happen, you know? I would love that.
1: (laughs) If I could see the future, Tony,
0: I'd tell myself to run. (laughs) Probably, yeah. (laughs) The way that things are working. Well, don't run away too fast, everybody. Click those like buttons and all that stuff before you do, and... Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you when we see you, whatever this is. Whatever you click on, maybe you click on something in the past, and we'll see you in the past. That'll be a different form of time travel. It's in the reverse. It's confusing how it works that way, but, you know, it is what it is. That's uh, why we get Black Widow after she's already dead in the MCU. (laughs) Exactly. So the next thing will be something that we recorded before. But actually, no, it won't be because the next thing's going to be our fan track. So the next thing will be something that we haven't recorded yet, and then it'll be something that we already did. We're bouncing around the timeline. I don't know. It's 2021. (laughs) It's 12.30 a.m. And uh, that's it for this review point. Thanks for listening to this, everybody. We will see you next time with whatever that might be. But now it's time for us to geek out.